Oh yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Are you enjoying the holiday? Well, sort of holidays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's great, isn't it, for some to have a, have a decent break. But I've got to keep working, obviously. And uh, that's why I'm here. Hey, with New Zealand and beyond, it is great to see you. But please, you know, we're hearing lots of really good testimony of people's lives that have been changed, transformed. It really was the upper room experience, as was prophesied. So if you've got a testimony, please let us know. Contact the church office. Give about 200 words. And uh, the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Your testimony is a part of your ministry. So if you can send that through to us, it would be absolutely awesome. We want to keep our New Zealand Beyond social media and websites alive. So we want to be posting every week of good things that have happened from conference, since conference, you know, what, what people are doing as a result of conference. So please do inform us if you get some opportunity to share Jesus or get the bread out, let us know. So people see that it's not just a conference, but there's results, things happening as a result of that as well. Hey, last Sunday, as an extension of uh, uh, New Zealand Beyond, I was up in Kaitaia, Church Unlimited Kaitaia. And remember one of the words David McCracken had for me was extraordinary. Well, truly, it was an extraordinary weekend. I can't go through it all. Sunday morning, there was a great crowd turned out. At a good service, seven people gave their lives to Christ, which was encouraging. But Sunday night, we had a combined Churches prayer meeting, we just did it a few weeks out. We thought this would be a good thing to do. A good crowd came out again. Ten churches joined in on that night, and there were 19 salvations. Wow. It was just like out of here, man. Adrian and I are still talking about it today, that weekend, and what God did. And so that's the impact of New Zealand and beyond. You know, unity, churches coming together. You know, we are becoming champions for the unity in the body of Christ. So keep praying down that line. Hey, tonight we've got a fantastic service in store for you. It's a special service. So there'll be music, there'll be worship, there'll be testimony items and a whole lot more stuff as well. So it's a, it's a great time to celebrate the resurrection, but also to invite the unsaved because they're open, more open to the gospel at this time of the year than most other times of the year. So new era of boldness in evangelism. Why don't you get on the phone, send a text, and invite someone along tonight. Fathers, we come to your word this evening, this morning. <laughs> we pray, Father, that you will minister <clears throat> by your spirit to every person that's in this place today. Lord, let your word be with power and let it bring transformation, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me take you back to the day when Jesus died upon the cross, when he was crucified, because some very unusual and strange and mind-boggling things actually happened when Jesus hung upon the cross. I want to read it to you from Matthew in chapter 27 and verse 15. Watch this. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked. I want you to go back and imagine you're alive at this time when Jesus is being crucified. So he's up there hanging on the cross. Suddenly the earth begins to quake. It doesn't stop there. And then it says... Uh, and the rocks were split. So you look over there, there's a rock splitting over there, and there's, there's a rock splitting over there, and you're thinking, what on earth is going on here? It's an amazing event. Hey, the Son of God can't die without some dramatic uh, impact taking place. But it's more than that. And the graves were open. And so you're driving down Waikimiti Cemetery, and then the graves are suddenly opening up, 
and you're thinking, my goodness, something, something significant is taking place. And then many, many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. So suddenly Abraham comes out of one of the graves and then Moses turns up and then there's Jeremiah and David and all the others. You're thinking, what? You know, this is, this is the reality of what happened. This is not a minor event. And then it gets, it, it gets even more than that. It says, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, many of them went into the holy city and appeared to many at Church Unlimited as they were worshiping God. <laughs> this is an incredible event that we are looking at this morning. And in another translation, other uh, Gospels, Jesus, he cries out and he says, he says, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. <clears throat> My work of salvation the work of Christ, purchasing salvation for the world. The job is done. It's complete. Nothing more has to be done. It is finished. The way is being made open for every person on the planet to find Christ, be saved, have their name written in heaven forever. Well, there was a curtain. It says that this curtain was split in two. And there was a curtain secluding the holy place in the temple. And it's split from top, top to bottom. And it's an amazing event. So I have curtains in my home. And you know you have those nets in your home, and, and I reckon I could rip those pretty easily. I mean, you know, I do my weights, you know, I do weights and all the rest of it. So I, I could rip those pretty easily. But in fact, sometimes my wife has accused me of actually ripping those nets. And she said, you ripped them. I said, I did not. She said, yes, you did. I said, I did not. I, she, I said, I did not. She said, yes, you did. I said, I did not. And we were ready to go, but we're Indians, and... We don't do that, <laughs> like some of you might do. I'm not going to mention any races, all right? But anyway, um, finally, I was vindicated, as I usually am. And she sees the wind blowing, you see, and the, the net's catching those little uh, safety catches, and she sees it ripped. And she comes to me on bended knees, <laughs> begging for my forgiveness, and saying, I'm so sorry I'm wrong once again, as I have been every other time as well. Will you forgive me? And I said, no, there is no forgiveness for this. I said, one year of chicken curry every day, and you will be forgiven. <clears throat> well, the truth is that sometimes I actually have been guilty, but I'm not going to tell her that, all right? And don't you tell her either. Okay. But this temple curtain was different. Luke calls it a thick veil. It was thick, all right. Josephus says it was four inches thick. Four inches. <clears throat> they said if you put horses on each side of the veil, with all their strength, they could not rip this curtain apart. It was 30 feet wide, 40 to 60 feet high. And when it was ripped, guess what? It wasn't ripped by man from the bottom up. It was ripped from the top down by the hand of God. This was a miracle from heaven of incredible, amazing significance. It was humanly impossible to tear this veil. So why did the veil have to be split when Jesus died upon the cross? Well, the purpose of the veil was, it was, a, it was to curtain off the Holy of Holies, which was the innermost part of the temple in the Old Testament where the presence of God used to dwell. So it was a barrier that separated God from people really for their own good. So back in the day of the Old Testament, you know, for a sinful man or woman to go into the presence of God who is unapproachable light, 
who is clothed in glory and honor, to go in there, you went in at the risk of your life. You could be struck dead. And some were. And so only the priest could go in once a year on the Day of Atonement and go in with the blood of the Lamb to, to sprinkle it for the, to cover for the sins of the people. And with that sacrifice, he could survive. Otherwise, no one else could go in. Prisoners go, God is barred. And so what they did is they would put a bells on the hem of his, gar of, of his garment and they would tie a rope around his leg. And so he'd go into the Holy of Holies and you'd hear the bell ringing and tingling away. And then suddenly if the bell stopped ringing, it meant he had died. So then they'd get the rope and they'd pull him out, drag him out outside and then say, who wants to be next? <laughs> no, they didn't say that part. But, they, they, but that's what happened. If, if that someone died. So it was a really scary thing to go into the presence of God. It was, they would go in at the risk of their lives. So there was no access beyond the veil. It's like this huge sign outside, as it were, the presence of God saying, danger, keep out. Entry forbidden. That's how it was for thousands of years. So imagine you're standing outside the White House in the United States. You want to see the president. You've got a few matters of concern. You're worrying about the roadworks taking so long to get sorted out in these bottlenecks. You're concerned about some needs of the poor. And there's a few other matters that you want to raise with the president. So you step up to the gate and you say to the guard, I'd like to see the president, please. He asks for your name and you give it to him. He looks at his list and he says, you have no appointment to see the president. So you say, well, how can I get one? They say, well, through the office staff. Could I have their number? No, it is confidential. Then how can I call them? Well, it's better that you wait till they call you. But they don't have my number. <laughs> well, then they're probably not going to call you. You're so close. Just a fence and a guard separates you from the president. But you realize you have no access to the president unless he takes the initiative. Spotting you on the sidewalk, he says to his chief of staff, see that young Indian man down there? Notice young. He says, tell him I want to talk to him. If he gives such a command, guess what? Suddenly all the barriers are down and you can now go where you could not go because someone up there saw you down here and made a way of entry into that president's uh, presence. You can now go where you could never go before. Well, we all know that with the president of the United States or any other president, no invitation is ever going to arrive. But I'm here to tell you that when it comes to the president of all presidents, you have an invitation. It's already been set. The guards are down. The security's out of the way. You have freedom of access. No appointment is necessary. 24 hours a day, anytime, anywhere, any place, you can go right in to the president of all presidents, and whatever request you have, he is going to listen with all ears. And a good chance he is actually going to answer your request. So for almost 1,500 years, the veil in the temple had been separating mankind from the presence of God. Then through the cross, the veil is torn in two. And the sign saying no access is replaced with another sign saying, welcome, 
come on in any time of the day. Right now, as a believer in Christ, you have access into God's presence. Think of this, right now, there is no barrier. Now, if you have sinned today or yesterday, all you've got to do is confess your sin, and the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive you. On that basis, there's right now, today, <clears throat> there's actually no barrier between you and God. You are, I'm here, and God's right here with me. And it's the same for every person in this room. If we could get a revelation of this, it would change our entire walk and relationship with God. Because many of us are often fighting for His presence. You know, we look at someone and we think, oh, if only I could be like them. If only I could feel like they're pretty. Oh, they have encounters with God. Friends, that access is available to every person on the planet. No one is excluded. God's presence is with you 24-7. Matthew 28, 20 says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The tearing of this veil was one of the most powerful events in the history of the world and of God's relationship to mankind. The thing that separated God from man has been removed. And that thing has always been sin. Sin's always the thing that has separated us. Sin shuts us off from God and ultimately from eternity in heaven with Jesus. We are shut off by, by sin in our lives. When the veil was still in one piece, only one person was allowed to go in, and that was the high priest once a year, and he offered sacrifices to cover for the sins of the people. But it wasn't a permanent solution. It was only temporary until the next year he'd have to go in again and offer the sacrifices again. The reason that had to be was Hebrews 10, 3-4 says, But in those, those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. It couldn't do it, you see. But in the New Testament, everything changes the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary has enough power to cleanse the sins of every human being ever to be born from the beginning of time to the end of time. Every sin is covered and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood has never lost its power and it never will lose its power. There's no need for a new sacrifice every year by the high priest with the blood of a lamb because the true lamb of God, Jesus, takes away the sin of the world in one strike on the cross. His blood was shed enough to cover all your sins and everyone else's as well. Once and for all dealt with. The Holy of Holies is now open and accessible. And anyone who believes in Jesus can have forgiveness of sins and free access into the presence of God. You know, access into God's presence is not about what we earn. It's not about family. It's not about connections. It's not about race or status. It's not about educational background. It's not about your religious affiliations. What I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the great equalizer. And so every person in this place, every person on the planet, from the richest to the poorest, from the smartest to the person who's never been educated, to the righteous living person, to the, to the most sinful living person, the blood of Jesus has made a way of access for every single one of us to go into the presence of God. You're at, in fact, you are at the, there's no need for an appointment. You're at the front of the queue. For, into, into God, you're at the front of the queue, as is everyone else. And God can take everyone in at the same time. The blood of Jesus, the great equalizer for all of us. 
gets us into heaven, gets us into God's presence. Whoever you are today listening to me, just know this. You have as much access to God as anyone else on the planet. A man dies and he goes to heaven. So Peter says to him, you need 100 points to get into this place, into heaven. Tell me what you've done and I'll give you some points. He said, well, I was married to the same woman for 50 years. Never once cheated on her. He said, fantastic, three points. The guy said, what? Only three? Said, three points? What else have you done? He said, well, I served in my church and I gave my tithes and offerings every week. Peter says, that is great, two points. He's got five points. He said, he's starting to struggle. He said, well, actually, I also served in a soup kitchen and worked in a shelter. Peter says, fantastic, that's another point. He's got six points. He needs 100. He says to Peter, Peter, there's, there's no way I'm going to get into heaven. The only way I'll get there is by the grace and mercy of God. Peter says, now you've got it. You will never earn your way into God's presence. You will never earn your way into heaven. We don't serve God to get brownie points. We serve God because we love Him and we worship Him and we want to give Him the best of our lives. We don't earn access into God's presence. The veil is rent in two. The door is open. You can go in any time, any place, anywhere. It's not good works that gets you there. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the cross of Calvary. It's what we celebrate every Easter. But do please, by all means, serve God. Worship, give to Him. Why? Because you love Him dearly. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Find grace to help. We can approach God with boldness and make our request known. As you're seated here today, wherever you are listening and watching on the television program throughout this country or other countries of the world, maybe you're in your lounge, you may be in your workplace, you may be in a prison somewhere. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are, as you listen to me this morning, today, you have freedom of access to God to make your request known to Him. I want to encourage you right now, this very moment, why don't you throw up a prayer to God? Whatever it might, maybe you've got a need in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your health, with your kids, whatever it is. You know, let, let's, you know sometimes we can get very religious, and I, I encourage you to get into your prayer room and do all that. That's great as well. But you can do it right now. So you don't have to lock a door and get, a, get away and finally sort of, you know, wait on the God for half an hour to finally get into his presence to make your request. You can do it right now as you listen to me. So why don't you throw up a prayer quickly and then come back and listen to the rest of this message. Just throw up that prayer right now. Say, Jesus, would you touch my mouth? Would you work a miracle right now? In my God, touch my kids right now, Father. Lord, release financial blessing in my life. God, that PR I need, whatever your prayer if you had this revelation that God is listening to you and you're in his presence every moment of every day, it will change your life. You will pray more regularly than ever before and you will see answers come through on your behalf. This is what Easter, this is what the cross, this is what the torn curtain is all about. And even though the devil himself would love to shut us out from his presence, he can't. He just can't shut us out. It's impossible for him to do it. Because none of us have committed a sin that the blood can't deal with. You're very quiet this morning. It's a serious message, I guess. All right. 
1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is a whole our keeper. He went to a meeting with uh, evangelist Charles Finney. And Charles Finney was speaking and, and Finney said, he said to Finney, I heard you say that blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. He said, I've been a vile husband to my wife. Is there forgiveness for such a man as me? And he said, yes, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. He said, I had an angry mood. I threw boiling water over my daughter. She's scarred for life. Is there forgiveness for such a man as I? Finney said, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Pulls out this revolver and he said, a barman shot a man with this and then I shot another man. He said, is there forgiveness for such a man as I? And Finney said, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. There is no sin too great for the power of Jesus Christ to cover and cleanse and wash away and make you pure and make you whole and make you clean. Clean as white as snow is the power of the blood of Jesus. Please don't think that what you have done is beyond the grace of God, is beyond the power of God, is beyond the forgiveness of God. There is no sin too great. The power of the blood is greater than any sin you will ever commit in your life. You can go straight in to the presence of God as you confess your sins. Ephesians 2 verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So nothing remains between you and God, but an open door. The barrier of sin has been removed. The curtain has gone, but we can put the curtain up again in our hearts. How does that happen? Sometimes we allow our mistakes to keep us from God. Our guilty conscience becomes a curtain that separates us from God. We feel unworthy to go into his presence. And as a result, we hide from our master. Have you ever done that? Have you have had a bad day at the office, at home, and you just think, man, I can't pray today. God's not going to hear me. Or you've had a bad week and you've slipped up for the hundredth time and you just kind of think, God, you've obviously had enough of me and you know, I can't go into your presence. I'm, I'm unworthy of I'm not fit to go in. We hide from the presence of God. Even though the veil is gone, even though the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, guilt, shame, background, history, we kind of think, I can go this far but no further. It's a lie from the pit of hell, friends. Access is available to every person in this room. Confess your sins, ask Jesus to forgive you. And there's a wide open door into his presence any time of any day. Some of you have dogs. Some of you love dogs. Any dog lovers here, give me a wave. Well, there's a lot of dog lovers in this place. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I'm not a dog lover. Well, dogs bite, don't they? They, they hurt people. Not all dogs, I guess. I'm not a dog hater. I'm just not a dog lover. All right, so it's a bit of a difference. But my family did once have a dog. Yep. We got this dog because Jody was very keen to have a dog. And we got it, brought it home. The dog lasted 10 days. <laughs> the dog was given a bath every day because 
we like our house to be clean. But anyway, after 10 days, we thought, no, this is, was it 10 days, Joe? 10 days, we said, no, this dog has to go. So we found new owners. And as the owners came and took the dog away, we cried. Tears of joy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just kidding. Well, it wasn't tears of joy. It wasn't tears of joy. We were genuinely upset. You know, you get attached. Even in 10 days, you get attached to a dog. Strange, eh? Some people can't even get attached to their husband and wife, but they can to a dog. <laughs> when the dog goes, they, they cry. When the wife goes, they... Oh. <laughs> so this man had a dog. His name was Salty. That's not our, well, it wasn't our dog, all right. But Salty... Well, Salty knows he's not supposed to get into the trash. But when the owner is out of the house and there's no one there, the dark side of Salty takes over. <laughs> that was Salty. Dark side just taken over. And the dark side took over and the temptation was too great. Especially if there's food in the trash can. And so he'll find it, and he will have a feast. Well, he did that one day. And when his owner came home, Salty was nowhere to be found. The owner got mad and thought, man, it's Salty. I told him how many times keep out of the trash. And then he thought, oh, well, maybe the temptation was too great. And he kind of understood, cleaned up the mess, and then he forgot all about it. But Salty didn't. Next time he sees Salty, Salty's got his tail between his legs and his ears are drooping down. And he's keeping his distance. See, Salty thought the owner was still mad with him, but he didn't know that the owner had dealt with his mistake. And he was welcomed in that home and into the presence of his owner. God is not angry with you. God has dealt with your mistakes. Maybe you did get tangled up in the rubbish. Maybe you've made a mess more than once. Even though you knew that you shouldn't do it, temptation got the better of you, or your inner being got the better of you, and you got into the rubbish. And you made a real mess. Maybe you feel unworthy. The veil of guilt between you and God. It's like the veil is up once again. But the message of the torn curtain that took Calvary, it took the Son of God himself to leave heaven, to come to a cross, to be beaten, to be crucified. He did that to rip that curtain in two, to deal with your mistakes, to deal with your weaknesses, to forgive you of your sins, and forever and ever and ever to say to you, you're welcome. Come on in to my presence. Huge price was paid. 
a massive price. Price beyond belief and beyond comprehension is made just for you. Don't let the devil ever tell you that you're not fit for God's presence. That you're not fit to be a follower of Jesus. They're lies that he gives. We live in a world of closed doors, shut doors. Homes are fences. We live in a society full of rejection and so often we feel not accepted, not welcome, not worthy. I don't know about you, but I go into some situations and I think, gosh, am I really wanted here? Am I really welcome here? Should I, should I maybe go somewhere else or wait another time? We, we feel it all the time. It's, it's a world of shut doors. It's a world of you've got to qualify to get in, as it were. You've got to be good enough. You've got to be in the inner circle or whatever it might be. There's, there's just that sense of shut doors, if you like. It's just everywhere. And then God comes to us. And he says, no, no, with me there's no shut door. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to get a certain grade. You don't have to be a certain status or stature or, or whatever it might be. Th this door is open and actually it's never going to shut. As long as you stay under the blood of Jesus Christ, it's never going to shut. There's a welcome mat open to you. It's hard to actually comprehend it in our minds. And so we tend to put these veils up in our heart that, that block entry, but that entry is, is it's, it's man-made, it's not God-made. From his point of view, the door is always open. Sinners saved by grace can have an audience with the president of presidents at any time. As I wrap this up, I just want to turn the tables a little bit. Most of us long for relationship with God, is that right? Deeper relationship. We, we long for God's presence, don't we? Can I just turn that around? Do you know that God longs for a relationship with you? He longs for your presence? Go back to the Garden of Eden. Why did He create mankind? He created us to have, He wanted fellowship. See, human beings are made for fellowship. You know, they asked Billy Graham, what was the biggest problem he faced, confronted when he was traveling around the world? He said, loneliness. People struggled with loneliness more than anything else. Loneliness is a painful, painful thing. And it's not God's plan. It's not God's intention. We are created. We are made for fellowship. But in a sense, so is God. You know, Wayne Cordero preached that brilliant message, didn't he, on everyone's waiting for Jesus. Can I turn that around? Jesus is waiting for everyone. Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for me. He, he longs for your presence. You might say, well, surely he's satisfied. He's got six billion other people on the planet to have fellowship with. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. He wants fellowship with you. He wants to be in your presence. He wants to enjoy your presence as much as you want to enjoy his presence. Don't think of the person next to you. Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting for me. He's waiting for all of us. Will we take time to please and satisfy the heart of God? Who's longing for us? You know, we sometimes know of someone who may just, you know, we haven't seen them for a long time. You just know they want to see us and we make a time and book it in and we go and see them. 
Because you just know they're so wanting to see us. That's God. And that's every day. He's wanting to see you. He's wanting to feel your presence. I reckon more than you want to feel his presence. Let's not deny our creator, our master. The torn veil is down. There are no barriers between you and God. You can fully enter his presence anytime. The veil of the temple, which symbolized the gulf between God and man, has been torn down. The keep out sign has been ripped away, been replaced with another sign that says, welcome, come on in. You and I can now boldly enter God's presence and make our request known to him at any time of any day in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as the musicians come, and we're going to sing that song covered, there's, just try and grab a hold of that message and just see if you can't begin to enjoy God's presence more and for God to enjoy your presence more as well. The barrier there for thousands of years has been removed once and for all. You don't have a special degree or qualification to get in. It's open to everybody. Don't forget our service tonight. We continue on to uh, Resurrection Sunday. It'll be an opportunity for you to get into God's presence, but opportunity also for God to enjoy you and your presence as well. We're going to sing Covered. Would you please stand with me? It's a great, great song. But as we sing it, why don't you just reach out and be in God's presence. Let Him enjoy you and you enjoy Him. Amen. Thanks, team. Grace, glory is grace.